Welcome to this episode of Demystified as we explore home cooking in a modern world. I'm here with my friend Paul. Hello, Paul. Intro take three, Linda. <laughs> <laughs> Lucky the other two were deleted, they seriously. Well, after all this time, you think I'd have it, uh, I'd know who well, you were. Well, it's only new. And I'd know who I was. The, the intro thing's only new. Because it's Friday afternoon, maybe that's why yeah. both of those two things have escaped, have escaped my memory. How are you? All right. Big week, but all right. I'm looking forward to the weekend, to be honest. Yeah, it has been a big week, and yeah. you have finished it on a high. Oh, have I now? <laughs> you have finished it on a high. With and the ultimate challenge. <laughs> well... Yes, you're cooking against my cooking. No, 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 no. 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 It was the same. What was interesting was you've always said this, that the recipe, it's, it's all about the technique because the recipe I gave you for my zucchini slice, well, you've had mine, and then I actually popped my head in when you were cooking and saw the way you were doing yours with a different technique. And then when I tasted yours, it was, yes, a zucchini slice, but light and fluffy and you had a little something on the side which I hadn't thought about, but you had mentioned in a later podcast on dressings. Oh, yes. You did talk about making zuki, uh, tzatziki. Yeah. And did you I? did it, yes, okay. you yep. had, because it was a creamy-based one. Yep. So you've actually managed today, despite all other pressures that you've been under with everything else going on, you've actually managed to pull together elements of the last two podcasts we've done and combine them into one... Oh, how neat and tidy all of this is. What a segue. <laughs> if only we had... Uh, well, like we're not being filmed, because I don't think that would look, we'd look a bit untidy at the moment. But yeah. if they could see, if everyone could see how nice that zucchini slice looks, that uh, with the with the dressing, with the um, tzatziki on the side, made with zucchini, yep. not cucumber. Yeah. It was amazing. Let me tell everybody <laughs> the technique that Paul's going to put up was it was light it was a bit more work than mine sure in fact there's you know a couple of steps in there that uh, my sort of quick throw everything into the pot mix it all up and slap it into a you know baking tray sure yours wasn't quite as simple as that but it wasn't far off it and so it was you, an amazing slice well yeah i mean like i said the other day i've never cooked one so my commentary on it was only based on theory um, but it again highlights and proves my point that a recipe isn't just a list of ingredients, right? A recipe also includes method. And I've said this to you before and you still argue with me. I don't argue with you. Well, ever. don't argue, but you give me the the stink I eye <laughs> when, I, when I say that a recipe is a guideline. Because... No one, it's it's only for up to the user to decide if they want to follow that particular technique or method used, right? So I added, I think, one different ingredient to the recipe, or two, sorry, as opposed to your the handwritten recipe that you gave me. But other than that, the ingredients were exactly the same. I even measure, I actually, I changed three ingredients, I'll lie to you. Um, they were exactly the same. So it was just the way in which I went about putting them all together, which is slightly different. I cooked it at almost the same temperature, probably on a very similar setting in my oven to yours. Um, yes, I did smaller versions of them, but it's applicable for 
I mean, the good thing about a dish like that or a creation like that is that it can be anything, right? You can make a large one, a small one, individual. You can well, make it into muffins you, or yeah. like whatever, right? So yeah. you kind of not... You're, all you're doing is varying cooking time more so than anything else with that. Um, so few key sort of points which I think uh, may well make a difference. So can I describe how I make mine? Just I know, I, I, can, I, know I know how you make yours because yes. I taste it. Yes, but... So the, you cook your bacon. But the people who are listening won't yeah. necessarily have had that experience. In fact, they wouldn't have. So my recipe starts off with me finally chopping the bacon and onion cooking it off until it's uh, fairly uh, well cooked. I like it a bit crispy. Yeah. And then into a big bowl, I put the grated zucchini, the cup of uh, grated cheese, all the other, um, you know, if I'm putting in anything else, like the optional extras like corn or chilli or anything like that. Yeah. Throw in the flour. In a separate little bowl, I quickly mix up the egg and the milk. Yep. Flip all that in together. Sometimes I don't do that. I just put it all in together. Yep. And then I just give it a good stir. And then I put in the bacon and onion and give that a final stir and flip it over into a um, baking tray that I've lined with baking paper. Yep. That's it. Yep. Your method. Okay. So same ingredients. Uh, my method first off starts by prepping the zucchini. So I grated the zucchini first and then I salted it. And we talked about this in the last podcast, so if anyone wants to know about it, just... Or not the last one, the one before that. I don't know. Whatever. A previous podcast. Um, the reasoning behind that is to draw some of the moisture out, number one. Number two, um, there is a distinct difference in the way that you would terminology cooking out bacon and I would. Um, I can tell you that I cooked mine out far, far longer and made it far, far darker and crisper than yours. Um, I know that because I could see it in yours. And part of the reason I did that was half of the problem with this as a dish is adding heat and getting moisture from your ingredients. Now, bacon, depending on how good your bacon is as well, but bacon has a lot of moisture and water content. That's why it spits at you when you cook it, right? It's the water coming out of it, mixing with the fat. That's what's spitting at you. So I cooked, I sliced mine much thinner uh, and cooked it much longer than you did yours. Um, and I also noted on your recipe that your recipe called for a little bit of oil. Uh, I used the bacon fat. So I didn't tip off the bacon fat. I just used the natural fat mm-hmm. coming from the bacon. Uh, so I started purposefully cooking the bacon and getting it to a bit over three quarters done before I added my onion. I then added my onion. I then added the garlic Um all the meanwhile, the zucchini sitting there. Uh, so once that was done, set that aside. A uh, couple of differences probably here is into the large bowl that eventually becomes your big mixing bowl where you chuck everything in and mix it together. I started that with egg yolks. And with the egg yolks, I mixed in buttermilk instead of milk. Now, I use use buttermilk just for the sort of little sour aspect of it and the fact that buttermilk's got less water in it. It's a bit thicker. I did consider cream for a minute, but I was thinking it might end up too quiche-like. So egg yolks and buttermilk with the herbs. I did add a quarter of, probably two heaped tablespoons of coriander to the mix Mm -hmm. as well, fresh coriander. 
So I've got my parsley, coriander, da 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 In the stand mixer, I've put the egg whites. Um, so once my bacon mixture is cooled, I add it to my egg yolks, mix that all up together. Um, add in my cheese once it's cooled because I don't want the cheese to melt. And then I dealt with the zucchini. So what I then did is got a clean tea towel. You could use like a Chuck's wipe or whatever um, and basically dumped all of the zucchini onto the tea towel, even though I had it sitting on a perforated tray and sort of draining. Um, I dumped it all in there and then I squeezed as much moisture out of it as I could have. If I had have had the time, I would have actually left it in a sieve over a bowl in the fridge overnight to really drain. Um, and from 500 grams of zucchini, we ended up with 400 yeah. mils of water. I found oh, that I've, amazing. 400, yeah, yeah it was 400 mils yeah. of liquid. Um, it was this bright green, very totally. cool looking like stuff. That the, is that the goodness that, you know, our parents told us? Oh, not necessarily. Know, like, bleach out, or was it just the colour? I mean, it look, was vibrant. Yeah. Right? It was amazing. When we're looking at the amount of cheese and bacon and other stuff in this particular preparation, we're not really honed in on, like, the health aspects of it all. Uh, no. So, squeezed out the water, added that to the mix. Um, in the meantime, I beat the egg whites just to soft peaks. Nothing sort of super, anything in particular. Oh, sorry, I need to take a step back. When I got to the end of cooking my bacon, onions, and garlic together, uh, for the last 45 seconds, I added a heaped teaspoon of cumin powder. Uh, the reason I did that is cumin and zucchini go really well together, and so do cumin and cheese, to be honest. Um, it's something about that combination that kind of works, I think works, um, and I just thought a little bit of toasted spice in there might be nice. Now, you could put that in your optional extras category. Mm. Do it, don't do it, who cares? Um, and a little bit of lemon zest too, because acid, citrus is a natural flavor enhancer. So a little bit of lemon zest in there as well. Um, so once pretty much all of the other stuff was in the bowl, I had my egg whites there, beat the egg whites to soft peaks. Then I folded them through, not particularly trying to retain a lot of uh, air, but just volume up a little bit the mix. Uh, and then I sifted in the flour and I folded that through reasonably gently. Um, I wasn't being like souffle gentle, but I, th I think from looking at the end result to if we do a bit of a comparative sort of texture, I suppose, comparison, if you like, um, I think the separating of the eggs and beating the whites separately to the yolks works. Like I think it worked as a general principle um, and sifting the flour the only reason I sifted it in that scenario I mean flowers don't necessarily need to be sifted in the only reason I sifted it in is what little air and sort of volume I'd created from the egg whites I didn't just want to dump a whole heap of heavy flour on top so sifting it in is a bit more of a gentle way to add the flour it wasn't to sift the flour it was a gentle way to add the flour um, mixed all of that up could have used a bit more salt we talked about this um, I was cautious of it because I did salt the zucchini very heavily. And when, it, like, you know, when I say heavily, that's heavily. Um, and it must have all just leached out. Yeah. Because... A lot of it comes out. So, I mean, it wasn't bland as such, no. but it could have, like, a little bit more salt would have stepped up the zucchini flavour. But you can taste the zucchini in it, which was mm. one of my original points when we 
talked mm. about this was having it taste like zucchini. I did very briefly entertain the idea of having a super hot pan and getting some color on the grated zucchini. It's just too much surface area on grated zucchini, like way too much. And I think it would sweat and go a bit stodgy. So I kind of left it closer to the traditional recipe. Um, baked it, combi steam, a little bit of grated parmesan just to finish, just to get some extra color on top. You could dot it with a little bit of butter if you wanted, whatever, just something to get a bit of that nice golden brown caramelized look on top. So just very finely grated, like not even worth mentioning in the recipe, but we will. Um, baked it, it took, I wrote it down in there. It took 20 minutes, even small, small ones, because it's still quite dense. Um, yeah, but you had it in little um, silicon trays. Yeah, like a little little, little miniature loaf. Yeah. yeah, and that would be perfect for... Well, um, what I was actually thinking was school lunch. School lunch, picnics, yeah. um, anything that you've got people coming around, because you can stand up and eat it, because yeah. it was that crusty bit on the outside, didn't fall. Yeah. It was fantastic. Uh, and so with the tzatziki, which is a common uh, Greek or Cypriot dip, everyone or most people would know it to be quite powerful in garlic and it's yogurt based um <clears throat> i happen to have some yogurt some greek yogurt there so i just kept aside a, a little bit of zucchini some of the herbs a little bit of garlic so i wasn't making anything any other preparations as such um put the rest of the lemon zest and lemon juice the, the juice from the lemon in there mix that up a little bit of salt um i thought that would work nicely as a sort of a accompaniment to zucchini slice if you if that's what we're calling it i don't know it's, it may well be different look it's not exactly the same but but um, no one's is that's yeah the, that's the thing that's about the it. joy yeah my beautiful friend janine she throws in carrot and i yeah. like corn yeah you know everyone's got their some people put tomato i think janine might put tomatoes in yeah and penny who did the taste test with uh, with us super opinionated penny you mean <laughs> that one there's only one Penny if <laughs> but, you're listening sucked in but Penny is a Greek yep. and very much uh, a lemon fanatic and she I don't know that, that she'd take kindly to be calling Greek she's pretty Cypriot well yes we can have another discussion We've, yeah. I've offended a few people lately with what I've been my mispronunciations for things but yeah. um, but she loved the tzatziki she thought that was great and she could just that little bit of lemon was it for her because she has lemon with everything Hmm. You know, and uh, it was a really, really nice. Like, I would still call it a zucchini slice because everyone's version is a zucchini slice. It's that ubiquitous, it's that varied, yep. and everyone knows what they're basically going to get when they see it and, and cook it. Yeah. So, I'll post a picture on Instagram, it'll take me a little while to get the video up on the website and stuff like that, and type the recipe and all the rest of it. But, um, yeah, you would probably put it down as a success. Is it the most like intriguing cooking experience that I've had that it, I've found really interesting? No, not really. Not other than like thinking through what I would do as a from a technique perspective. Is it a good home cooking one? Yep, absolutely. But well, exactly, yeah. I mean, as you said, for lunches. But for people who have, and I can imagine too, it also stores very well. So the little, the sort of miniature mini right. loaves that I did um, from a storage perspective, I wouldn't see any drama or hassle in, in get those going in the freezer and being able to recover reasonably well from being frozen. You know, because they're good cold. Yeah. You know, I actually think I prefer it cold rather than hot. 
But doesn't it show you that you can take a recipe that you've done for a long time and you know it backwards and then just trick it up a little bit by just changing a couple of techniques and it becomes something a little bit different. Yeah. One ingredient, really, the cumin. I didn't really taste the coriander that much. I, I know yeah, that was only a minute amount. I yeah. really, Penny yeah. picked up on it, but I didn't. Yeah, because she doesn't like it. No, she doesn't. Yeah. But, um, but I like it and I just thought it was nice, but... I did notice the cumin. Which was a very good pickup too because Thank I you. challenged you with that and I didn't think you'd get it. And I, after you said it, I, I thought to myself, I wonder if she saw it sitting on the bench. <laughs> no, I didn't. I, no. Actually, I actually know that flavour because I do. Yeah. yeah, I do like it. But yeah, no, it was, it was a real, it's your version of a zucchini slice. And now mm. you can join the throngs around the world. Well, around Australia. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure that it's a bigger hit in the UK or the USA. But, Who knows? Um, who knows? Maybe we'll find out. But I did uh, did really enjoy your version of it. So thank you, Paul. Even though you will probably never make one again, unless. Oh no, because no, because I mean, as I said in the last podcast, he had so much of it for a, oh, a stage right. there where yes. he's like, "No, I'm never eating this but again." This so. is different. This is. Yeah, but even then, no. like he's a bit headstrong. I don't know, no idea where, where he gets get it that from. from? <laughs> Um, <laughs> have a word to M later. <laughs> so yeah, I don't know, but I am sending some home to or to your home to Doug. Yes. See what Doug thinks of it. Uh, I mean, to be honest with you, if I was to do it again, I'd probably add a few other elements. So I probably would add some pick time to my bacon as it cooks. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd I certainly like the addition of chili, but I'd probably go a bit heavier and harder. Yeah. Um, because I think it's funny also. When you said that you'd added chili and you first cooked it, you could you got that heat, but when it cooled, you lost it. Like mm. I mean, it was very very fractionally there, but Not even like when I was. had it, like no. I can imagine it wasn't like it was. So it's interesting to note sometimes how much temperature influences taste. Mm. Like yeah, because you could barely taste the chili afterwards, but yeah, at well, the time it was. You could notice it. We noticed it. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, and the example that I often give to people is, you know, ice cream. If I gave you 150 grams of ice cream, you could probably eat it. No, and it was frozen, you know, like ice cream. You could probably have it no problem. But if I melted it and asked you to drink it, there is no way you could because it's too sweet. Yeah. Like yeah, exactly. Yeah. You, you know, that's sort of the. It's it's funny how temperature influences how things taste as well. But anyway, yes. Yeah, so I mean, look, not a lot of cooking out of the cooking with steam kitchen. I've had like, it's been a busy uh, yeah, the, sort of with my proper proper job, if I could say. Your day job. <laughs> yeah, my day job. But um, yeah, we got something done. We'll get a video out soon. Um, get back onto Instagram. Start doing some things. But hopefully next week's going to be a bit squeezy as well as far as what we get to do. But we'll I'll find some time. We'll do something. Um, Maybe you can inspire me again with one of your my home long time well, we, we favorites. Have... Maybe we should do a series, Linda's long time favorites. <laughs> well, we started off with Anzacs, and you did improve those. Really, like you, mm. you've nailed. I now make them, and I think now all of my friends um, now look forward to me bringing some around for you know contributions towards meals because they all love them chewy. It is a big division, chewy or crunchy. Yeah. But we, my friends It's like folders all... or scrunches, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's it's lower. Friday. I've got that's to bring it down. The, that's lower the tone. Yeah. Um, 
But yeah, so we've set it up with Anzacs, we've gone on to Zucchini Slice, and I will, and we've done Trifle. See, we've really hit the three big Aussie ones, I reckon. Yeah, but I mean, there's other stuff there's that, other, that yes. you like to cook that we could probably, well, I'm doing should a, probably explore. Well, yeah, I, I know. This is a challenging one, what you're about to mention, because I am not anywhere near as familiar with it as you are. A paella. Yep. I'm doing it tonight. Paella. Yeah. Paella. And you've been tonight. to Spain how many times? And, yeah, no. you know, had relatives over there and yeah, no. all the rest of it. So, and, and really, I mean, and it's uh, for what we do, how applicable is it for the oven? No. Do Although, the lovely people at Bologna Appliances, when uh, I was first investigating steam, my first cooking demonstration I went to was on a Vizorg Compi steam. Yeah. And the, the lady that was the home economist that was there... Um, and I had a chat to her, and then I had a chat to one of the, I think the Cara, like the mum of um, Adrian. Yeah. And she said that she uh, makes all of her paella dishes in the steam oven. In fact, that's why she really loves it. I haven't broached away from doing it the way I do it, but I have thought about it a lot. Every time. In fact, every time I stand there and I'm cooking it, and I do let it, you know, put the rice in let it, and walk away. Um, but every time I'm doing that, I'm always thinking this should be the time I try it in the steam oven and see mm. how she did it. But I haven't, you know, because yeah, I just one of the fun, and I mean, maybe, maybe, I mean, it's quick uh, and easy. You may well know the, the term, um, the, the correct Spanish term for it, but part of the sort of fundamentals of what that is is having that sort of crust around yeah. the edge and, and I, the bottom I, that everyone and on the bottom, over, yeah. yeah. So, and I think that is you know, makes it a true part of the dish. And I think if you take that away by, well, if you even add the potential to take that away by trying to do it in the steam oven, it may well not serve you well. Like you may be moving away from what is, you know, makes the dish what it is. But I do, I do not make a seafood one very often. And I do think in a in the seafood context, it would be probably better in the steam oven because you you wouldn't be able to overcook the the fish or the, or the seafood. Mm. But I make it, you know, more often with just uh, chicken and chorizo because a lot of people have you know things yeah. with seafood. And so I don't. But I do think I have thought, yeah, well, maybe I I could do that. But anyway, and the, my pan does not fit in any. The pan that I use does not fit in either oven. Certainly not my steam oven. Mm. And I always make a lot because it just goes. It's yeah. one of those things which doesn't take that long, surprisingly, to make. But um, I'm doing that tonight. And we're going to have zucchini slices and entree. Well, it's a bit disappointing. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think it's incredibly No, great. I think it's... Yeah, you only think it's good because you I don't think, have to fucking do anything. Exactly. Oh, excuse my pardon, my and, French. And they'll be so impressed. This is a new take with... Like, they'll think, wow. And, of course, I have to, you know... Well, I, do you know why? I bet you, I, no, but I bet you they don't notice anything different about it because I don't think, um, I I don't think it's that noticeable as far as it will be because she, who's coming over, um, probably has never had a zucchini slice in her life. Oh, so there you go. She she will. She will just think it's the best thing ever. And why haven't we heard about this before? Yeah. Okay. Wow, well, sheltered wife. Okay. <laughs> As most of my friends have. <laughs> Someone that had, in Australia that hasn't had zucchini slice. I know. And I think she's the only one. Yeah, well, may well so be. We'll see, how, we'll see how she goes. But yeah, I think a, a, a list of Linda's 
favourites. So we might ask, we might get Linda to give us another contribution next week and an idea. Um, and we can maybe put them all together as a little little, a little package. Banquet. Yeah, well, why not? Like, uh, yeah, yeah, Linda's favourites. Like, who cares? No. Like, I mean, because we could do... We Listen, could we do one person who likes it, well, and Dougie. Yeah, but we two. could do Doug's, Doug's favourites, but it'd only be, be one pork. dish. It'd be pork. Roast so, pork, roast pork, roast yeah. pork, and vanilla ice cream. Yeah, you see, there's not a lot we can do there. So... But yeah, I think. Um, I mean, I know you do. You like to do those little white chocolate biscuits. Yeah, I do those. Yeah, well, I'd like to see your version of that because. Oh, that there we go. That's what I'll do. Those. I'll that's do what those. we'll do. Okay, next one: the white chocolate chip and coconut biscuits. There we go. Okay, great. There we are sorted. We actually. Oh my god! This is the first time we've actually got a topic ahead of the time. Well, yes. That's unheard of. I thought you were going to say it's the first time we've achieved something during the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I'm not going that far. But and what are the week? What are you doing on the weekend? Are you cooking anything? Are you, uh, well, I've been. I, you have been cooking a lot. Yeah, been pretty heavy duty on the um, the outdoor side of thing this things this week. Um, I do have some beef short ribs, which have been sitting in my freezer for a little bit, so they might have to come out and get attacked by some sort of method or technique I'm not sure which what I'll do yet um, we have a really good recipe for those on the Cooking Wisdom website yeah but even that like uh, just I still haven't put in the oven that's sitting in our little storeroom there at home um, and I kind of it just appeals to me in somebody to not cook inside so yeah I, I, but you have got the I do have the world's best barbecues. Well, I do have I a couple say. of different cooking surfaces or you know implements that I can use outside. So I might um, employ one of those to do some ribs. Um, what else have I got? I don't know. We yeah, I haven't really got anything sort of as such planned. I'm going to revisit for cooking with steam. I'm trying to. I'm working on it at the moment in my head more than anything. Actually, physically working on it. Um, I'm trying to develop a, a really good, but simple, with less steps, uh, croissant dough. Okay. Um, the problem with it is to get the layering and, and all the yeah. rest of it, but because people have got a steam oven, it's ideal from a proving perspective and also baking, especially a croissant. Um, it's one of my earliest memories when I started pastry cooking was being in charge of the proving and baking of thousands of them a day. Oh, um, wow. So, yeah, it's one thing that I'd like to be able to somehow simplify uh, for the home cook because the lamination process, so essentially, you know, folding in lots of butter, um, rolling it out, folding the pastry, letting it rest, rolling it out, folding the pastry, you know, it's a long-winded process. And I can't, I'd like to be able to think that people could do croissants a bit easier I don't know how I'm going to do it I've no concept of it but it's something in my head that I, th- I would like to do and it's not to say that it's kind of like my theory on risotto for us like on the yeah. website you know it, our version will no way beat the traditional way of cooking it no way but is it close and is it a little bit more convenient and is, does it still sort of uh, have some fundamental parts to it that make it a risotto yes it does so i'm kind of that's 
sort of framework I'm putting around it at the minute. I, don't, I just don't know how Well, for what it's worth, I think my risotto has improved since cooking it in the steam oven. And certainly in its consistency. Yeah. I know when I take it out, I know exactly what it's going to look like and I won't have to worry about overcooking it, undercooking it. Yeah. Any of that. I know exactly what I'm going to get. And for that point alone, I, I think mine's better. Yeah. I look horses for courses. I mean, you certainly we do, and for those of those that don't know, there are various versions of risotto on the website or in the book or whatever. Um, but we do do part of the method in a what could be seen as a technique correct way, and part of it not. Mm. Um, the part of it we don't do and probably what we lose out a little bit compared to a traditional standing at the stovetop stirring it for 20 odd minutes is um, getting that starch working for you to make that super creamy yeah. end result. So does it work as a risotto? Yes, it does. Like I've had a lot of people embrace it, really like that way of doing it. Mm. Um, is it exactly the same? No, but that's kind of what I'm looking at from the croissant perspective. And the only reason being is that every bloody Saturday I have to walk down here with my dog and grab a couple of croissants for the little fella. He just wants croissants on the weekend. And I can't begrudge him that because they are delicious and I love them too. So if I can maybe even get it to the stage where I've got like some par-baked sort of situation or pre, you know, pull it out of the freezer the night before and it proves on the kitchen bench and then we throw it in the oven in the morning situation, I'd be happy with that. Your little fella has such a broader palate than what I did at the age of nah. same age. Yeah. Croissant, man. Now, I know this was 200 years ago that I was his age, but toast. <laughs> toast. Yeah, but he still goes in for toast as well. Who doesn't? Like Vegemite toast. But I bet your toast, Vegemite toast, but I bet your Vegemite toast was not the same as our sliced white bread. He does. He he, he does prefer like homemade, like sourdough. See, anytime gourmet. I, he's a gourmet baby though. Anytime I bring home bread, he is yeah. like all over it. So yeah. he's certainly a carb lover. Loves the carbs. Loves the carbs. Um, yeah. But yeah, croissants. He he's got a weakness for them. Like well, they are. Well, yeah, they're just, just delicious, I mean, buttery goodness, yeah. really, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah, I mean it's nice to walk down and get some croissants and da 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 da. But not that I'm being lazy. I think I'm probably creating more work for myself by figuring out a way to have them bake or bake them at home. But I just kind of figure, well, is that something that maybe people would like to know? Maybe and they I, would. And maybe I they think uh, little Molly might uh, miss out on the walk. Well, yeah, that's true. Well, sure, we can take her anytime. You know, you only have breakfast, really. I mean, most of most people that have children, you kind of have to have breakfast in the morning. You can't yeah. starve them until like one o'clock in the afternoon, like you can yourself, and just lie in bed and sleep and read the paper. And what is what is it that you and Doug do? Is that about it? Oh, yeah. well, we, we don't read the paper anymore. Although that is a joy that sometimes you can still have. Yeah. Now it's reading our iPads. Yeah. So the, the joys of not having of tea, yeah, not having not children. Yeah. Talking, just yeah. oozing. Silence. Into the, silence, yeah, oozing into the day. Oh, that's a nice way of bringing it up. Oozing into the day. Oozing like into that. the day. Listening to the radio, only to listen to the news. 
Yeah, I don't ooze into any day. It's, no. It's woken up by a little bit of loud yelling the generally. Career. Well, you chose the wrong career for a start, mm. and then you had a uh, little one. Yeah. So no, there's no oozing for you. There's no oozing. No. Certainly no oozing. But anyway, if I can't ooze, I'll bake. So there you are. That's going to be, that's gonna be my new t-shirt. That's your avatar. <laughs> <laughs> if I can't ooze, I'll bake. Yeah. I like that. There we go. There you are. We haven't, we're bringing out a new t-shirt line on the Cooking the Steam brand. <laughs> well, thank you for that, Paul. Thank and, you, Linda. Uh, Enjoy the, le- at the I was going to say lemon slice. <laughs> Do you know what? That's my That's thing. <laughs> I love lemon slice. That's oh, my thing. Yeah. Love lemon oh, slice. Okay. Um, enjoy the zucchini slice. Thank you. And uh, you have a good weekend. And I'll be expecting the biscuit I'll cook, bring some cooking in. recipe. Oh, bring some in. I'll bring some in. Bring some in on Wednesday. We'll do the same thing. We'll do a yes. bit of a uh, taste and see yes. how that goes and then um i'll give you the recipe give me the recipe and then we'll we'll throw yeah, it we'll together see what yours is like yeah and cool. we, we'll pack it we'll do a little package of um maybe linda's favorites i think we could probably put um sticky date pudding in there oh. maybe some that we've already got yeah and then maybe some that um well flynn's parents were um in isolation for uh, a week and a bit and being at home with Flynn, you know, 15 months old in isolation was going to be hard. So I took around the care package and Sticky Date was it with the lovely sauce. And I made some homemade caramel ice cream and some other bits and pieces. Got some stuff from the market, dropped it at the front door and ran. Yep. Because I thought those, poor, there's no reason for them either. Yeah. Not when the little one's not sleeping. No, no. But that is a favourite in a lot of people's family, not just mine. Yeah, but I, I like the idea of Linda's long-time favourites. Favourites, already. Well, we'll um, you we'll have be, improved on them so far. We'll be doing certainly white chocolate chip and coconut cookies next week. Yes, already. Sweet. Well, happy cooking. Happy cooking to and, you. And uh, happy listening to everybody. Thank you so much for joining us in this podcast. And until next time, stay well. Stay happy. And enjoy oozing into the weekend, those of you that can. (laughs) Happy cooking, everybody. Bye. Thanks for listening to this podcast as we explore home cooking in a modern world. We'd love you to subscribe. And for more information, please go to our website, cookingwithsteam.com.